Yeah, here. We're fine. Welcome to Get in the Garage, a music podcast. That's my line. For music lovers. I know, it is your line. Okay, ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. A music podcast. For music lovers. I am here. The The, the Trinity has reformed. And here we are. Jeffrey's back in action on this bright and early Sunday morning. Yes. <laughs> it was tough getting up this morning, I'll tell you what. He's but, in a black T-shirt, which means he's in some kind of mourning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For these fucking barbells, I'm about to crush in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Blue is who the fuck's Josh? <laughs> Blue is Jeffrey's neutral state. Black is like his rebellious. It's my Sith Lord state. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, feel the hate. Oh man. Well, anything else? You got the wild card. That's right. Um. So welcome, yes, welcome, welcome. Um, before we begin, I'm trying to do this at the top of the episode. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, drop us a comment if you have any suggestions or questions or anything like that. The interaction, especially on YouTube, helps wake up the algorithm as well as iTunes. <laughs> wake up the algorithm. Wake up the algorithm. <laughs> like it's a dark. Dude was fucking sleeping. It's a primordial <laughs> whale lurking in the dark depths. Uh, I think it is. I think it is. So, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, all that stuff. It makes a huge, huge, huge difference, especially with subscriptions on YouTube. What's and, our YouTube uh, page actually called? It's just Get in the Garage. Oh, okay. Yes. Good we time. haven't really awoken the beast <laughs> quite, yet, quite yet. So, you know, it, we, we post through Instagram mainly and, uh, and a bit of Facebook. So, um, you know, all the links you can find on all the social media pages. So more likely to find it on social media than you are on YouTube. Not that what? YouTube isn't social media, but... We're switching over. Yeah, we're getting there. We're, we're ta- getting there. We're taking over the world. Yes, but uh, we have a fun show planned for today. Mm-hmm. Um, Breaking up into two different sections. I've never heard anybody be like, we're going to have some fun, and then someone would be like, mm. like the least amount of fun <laughs> possible to come out of Jeff's mouth. <laughs> mm. like we're gonna have a lot of fun today and just like so th- yeah this is delayed fun because really this is an episode we wanted to end black history month with this but since yeah. i had to work last week we could not do that yeah um but we're gonna be talking about some cult uh lesser known yeah underrated you might black say artists uh, musicians and bands that are, are worth checking out and taking a deep dive on unsung yeah. legends Ooh, Un- unheard heroes oh Ooh, i like it <laughs> I don't have one. Sorry, guys. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to start it off with doing, uh, say, like a spotlight, a bit of a spotlight on uh, an artist that, I mean, we were talking earlier and I was like, I don't understand how somebody could have put out like 14 albums and I've just never heard a single one of them. I'm surprised it's only 14 albums. It, oh, well, I don't know if it's, it's, well, I'm, that's a sh- it's, it's a shot in the dark. It's definitely more than that. He put out like shot six in the, in the 90s alone. Oh, man. Well, we, <laughs> when his contemporaries were just <laughs> out of the game. Do you <laughs> do you want to start at the '90s though? Because well, um, let's let's. So this is an artist um, named Swamp Dog, <clears throat> the original D O double G. Yes. As uh, as Snoop Dogg has admitted, because Swamp Dogg has been making music since the early '70s, 
He's a singer, songwriter. Uh, I would say he's like a song reader, s- song reader, <laughs> and singer. He's a producer, a producer. He's a soul singer, and it's soul music in a very traditional sense where it mixes blues and gospel and yeah. country, yeah, and um, R and B and some funk. Yeah, it's not like stylized to one no. genre of soul. It's like. Yeah all flavors so in in that way i think he's a great artist because he combines like pretty much uh i mean he in a way he dabbles into some like hip-hop influence stuff but he is someone who really combines and really is at stirring the pot of all the black musical forms of the last 40 or 50 years now he's been playing doing stuff for 50 years um he's someone that came into my life uh, just a couple years ago, I uh, the algorithm on Spotify blessed me on my Discover Weekly playlist with the song I'm So Lonely off of his 2018 album Love, Loss, and Autotune. And uh, it was like a robot choir singing a doo-wop song. And I thought, this is incredible. Who the fuck is this old man sitting above an empty swimming pool on the cover? <laughs> and... Uh, it was 75-year-old yeah. Swamp Dog and born Jerry Williams Jr. Um, Swamp Dog got his stage name and kicked off apparently when he did a little bit of LSD in the late 60s <laughs> and then decided to like go on this musical journey of mostly like self-produced and yeah. s- struggling and like living in a dirty one-bedroom apartment type of life, um, grinding, and but just making music and like really inspirational that way because you can listen to tons of albums and like this guy there, there's a fine line separating like this guy and like a guy who like plays a keyboard with an amp on the street and is like selling his new cd he made that year yeah like because that's kind of yeah that yeah. is in a way what he did for like at least like a middle decade of his career it's so that's strange wild. though because he's making like he's making like very like well like um arranged music Mm. but it has like all the classiness of eating like steak off of like uh like um a paper paper plate plate. yeah it's like a paper it's like eating a steak off a paper plate and like trying to eat it with like a a plastic fork and knife yeah like (laughs) yeah so like he's so talented yeah and it's so it it, but it's like also It's got like all the like Elvis in Vegas mm. in a one piece like jumpsuit like cheesiness to it. Yep. Um, yes, one hundred percent. I like, th- I literally thought that when I was listening to it last night. I'm like, this is like, I feel like this guy would be doing a um, what's it called? Like when you like Caesar's Palace. I'm doing a uh, when they like continuously do shows. Oh, like a residency. A residency. I'm doing a residency. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing a residency in Vegas. Like, oh yeah, because he's like him. he's like half a comedian. Like his his songs are just yeah. like funny, silly, goofy, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Like yeah. they're like smoking, love s- cracking, right. selling cocaine, or like love songs that are like very just like real world situations of like how life and love really is. Um, yeah, he's a funny guy, very talented. Yeah, he's he's almost eighty years old now, and his voice fucking sounds the same as when he was 35 years old yeah um it's there's there's a good uh i think noisy made uh just a, a youtube clip mm-hmm. where it's um sorry you couldn't make it it's like yeah. sort of a making of kind of thing that um, album from uh two years ago yeah. yeah yep yep and um 
It's really good, man. And I think there yeah. he's how you know I don't know seventies at the very like probably like late seventies, yeah. right? Because I think he's seventy eight now. Seventy eight. Okay. Something like that. But yeah, same thing. He starts he starts talking mm-hmm. and I mean sorry, I'm sorry, he starts singing and you're like, Holy shit, this guy still has it. Yeah. And he's just kinda like sitting on a chair and all of a sudden this amazing, beautiful voice comes out and you're like, What? And like, you know, because the way he talks too doesn't sound like he would yeah. produce like that kind of a voice, you know? Swamp Dog is seventy nine. What okay? What birth year does it have on there? Forty two or forty three? Forty two. Okay, they fixed it. So, um, <laughs> thank you, editors. Uh, th- thank you, thank you, yeah. giving him respect to the swampiest of the dogs. The swampiest so, of the like, bow wow. If we're gonna highlight the records, <laughs> yeah. right? The first record he released, uh, "Total Destruction of Your Mind," in what nineteen seventy? Yeah. Um, so like, "Total Destruction of Your Mind." When, like, it's just a hip track. It's really good. It's, like, a soul, underground soul classic of the era, like, when I first put it on. And from there, this record just gets, like, it gets weirder and weirder oh, yeah. and weirder. Um, the post-apocalyptic song on here, um, mm-hmm. is it, uh, what, what is, The World Beyond, I believe, is the name of that title? Yes. Um, so this song is one of the strangest songs I've ever heard. It's like talking about like a little – he's a, a, the little kid in the song mm-hmm. sitting on his grandfather's knee <laughs> asking what the world was like because we've nuked the world yeah. and there's nothing left. Yeah. And he's like, but the lyrics are so bad. <laughs> he's like, what was a car? What was a bee? What was a wheel? Yeah. What were children? And it's like, you're a child. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so crazy. Oh it's one God. of the craziest songs I've ever heard. Yeah. I love it so much. And then like the chorus is like, what was the world like yeah. before we dropped the bomb? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a slow, yeah. like country soul, yeah. like drawl. Yeah. It is that's why I love his music because really you could, you could put this on like, and you could just play it all day and people would be like, "Yeah, man, this is cool, La- laid back kind of country soul thing," but then they'd start listening to the <laughs> lyrics and be like, "Wait, what? He's talking about like, <laughs> like just the themes and he's he's oh, basically man. like if if George Clinton from Parliament yes. Funkadelic was Bob Dylan, <laughs> like." <laughs> That's like what he's going for, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about the tune on here? Hey, redneck on the first record. Oh yeah. Hey, redneck, See, and, that... you're just, and he's just like talking. He's like, "Hey, man, like I know you're a redneck. Yeah. You don't really like me, but like whatever, dude." And it's just like the lyrics he, are so. He has funny. a song that's like singing about <laughs> singing about people and like the differences in people and like the lyrics about like the skin color and stuff. And then he's like, oh. "And some of us are blue." And some of us are purple. And you're like, wait, what? None of us are purple. That song that song is called I Was Born Blue. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm not purple like all the rest of the people because I was born blue. And you're like, what? It doesn't even make I love it, it, it. doesn't. It makes sense somewhat, but. I love it. Oh, yeah. I oh my fir- So my first musical exposure, I know we're going to jump ahead a little bit, but I just got to say my first musical exposure was just a couple years ago with his pretty recent stuff. But I had seen some of the album covers earlier. Epic, just legendary album covers. <laughs> the second I mean, al- my favorite. The second album is called Rat On, and it's <laughs> him basically dressed like a member of the Fat Albert gang riding a 10-foot-tall rat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my like, god! In the first album, he looks he's like, like rerun. <laughs> <laughs> in the first album, he's like sitting in a chair with like a pan on his head or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks yeah. like he looks like Davy Crockett cooking crack in the kitchen. Again, though, <laughs> yeah. he looks also like one of yeah. the fat Albert gay. Yeah. yeah. That was that's how black dudes dressed back then. Oh, can I God. get can I share my favorite good. album cover? Oh, please. It has to be Surfing in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> Surfing in Harlem. The classic what 1994 or something. 1991. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's literally Harlem in the background and then this this cartoonish wave washing out of the city and he's like surfing on this wave just like. And he's built like a bowling ball. He has giant like I'm still living in 1978 glasses yeah, on. Yep. Yeah. Like a Hawaiian t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, like and it's like hand drawn, except for him. Yeah, so right. Good. It's just his head. It's I just also head would like, like to note the really wave he's surfing in Harlem is coming out of the fire hydrant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like my favorite. Another album cover I really like is um, "I'm Not Selling Out, I'm Buying In," which yeah. is from like yeah. 1980 or something. And it's him like dressed up like he's a a dancer at a vaudeville show in a all white tux with a cane, and he's like. Ta-da! <laughs> like yeah. dancing on on a table. Yeah. It's so good. To be honest with you, my favorite album cover is Resurrection, where <laughs> Jesus, where on he's cross. on the cross as Jesus with in American flag shorts. <laughs> yeah, that is so crazy. Oh my gosh! It's not the salute the um, troops wanted, but it's, it's the, the one that got. That yeah. Um, yeah. So I I I'm glad you guys enjoyed Swamp Dog. I. I uh I've I've loved him for these past couple years. Um he's a he's a goofy, very personable person. Um but he does make really excellent music too. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah. like talk about like the his resurgence. Yeah. So like he made those two records and those yeah. were kinda like record collector like fodder. Like the old records. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first two records are like record collectors, like, you know, right. bread and butter kinda they know about them. And then, like, he has this resurgence in, like, 2014-ish, right? And he just starts releasing, like, well – starts producing, like, well-produced music with, like, very new auto-tune. Yeah, so he, he he made this album, Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune. Um, it came out in 2018, but it had been working on for probably, two, I think, over two years because yeah. he recorded his soul songs with a producer named Moogstar who's like a young guy and they did like just soul stuff, put it down. And then um, what's his name? Justin Vernon from Bon Iver and uh, the other guy's name. I never fucking remember this guy's name. Ryan Olson from gangs um, took all of the Swamp Dog songs and they ran it through like processors and vocal and digital filters and auto tune and put these crazy drum machines and ambient noise and stuff yeah and basically like deconstructed these soul songs to make it sound like an isolated like robot drifting through space was singing these songs this was i really 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 oh i'm this glad album. i was I'm so glad. excited when i listened to yeah. this for the first time i was like it's yeah it sounds like like if if he collaborated with like kanye west in the Yeezus years, sure. This yeah. is you know, or in like a little before that, you know, yeah. like that's because there was moments on that album where I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. But it was it wasn't in an upsetting way. It was like it was, I was just surprised because mm. I because like I, I listened to another one that I listened to was uh, finally caught up with myself. Okay, another yeah. great yeah. another great album cover where he's like dressed in black, pointing, and it's like him yeah. in a white suit, like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But um, yeah. under, but understanding California women, did you listen to that song? Yeah. At that at the end, he's just like, they're just crazy out here. <laughs> they're, just, they're nice to you, and then like they invite you in your in their house, and next thing you know, you're like waking up on the street. I don't understand what's going on here. What's on? What's going on with these California women? It's like so funny. I'm you know obviously I'm butchering it, but um, yeah. Then to hear like an album that's completely auto tune was just so like, oh shit. Like, yeah, it and it's and it's really really well made, and it's really um. You know, taking a lot from the 808s and Heartbreaks, Kanye West sound, and just like, yeah, it's really, it's very interesting to listen to. And, and the other one, so he made that, and I think the world thought, because he started being on all the like Metacritic and Pitchfork, you know, Pitchfork and all that shit, because he's working with Bon Iver, and, and it's like this new crazy thing. It's a 75-year-old soul singer getting uh, reborn. And then two... Two years after that, he made an album called Sorry You Couldn't Make It that is back to what his traditional sound was, which is that country R&B gospel stuff. And it's so immaculately made. Like, it's so mm-hmm. great sounding. And he has a couple duets with John Prine. Um, and there's it's, it's, very, it's much more traditional with, like, the organ and the guitar and the bass and the drums. But they have those like slight around the edges flourishes of that weird electronic stuff still on some of the tracks. Like the outro song is one of the last songs that John Prine recorded. Um, this it's album was released. Please a m- let me go around again. Yeah, and that ends with like them singing the chorus over and over again, and then it's like getting garbled and like more distant and like more filters and electronics and mm. um, and John Prine died like a uh, a month after that record came out from oh, uh, COVID and uh, so yeah and, and that's so John Prine's on there it's two guys in their late 70s singing their mournful country soul love songs and um, he yeah he sounds great like I said his he's 79 years old and his voice sounds the same as when he was 31 or whenever his first stuff was coming out yeah like it's, he has that reedy type of like he had like an old man voice when he's 31 yeah and now he's like grown into it and it's like matured. Mm. I uh, yeah. I just uh, enjoy the 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 auto tune record, and he just released another auto fully auto tuned record. Like, is it out? I think it's, it's coming. Out. No, it came out like yesterday. Oh come on! Yeah, Pitchfork reviewed it. Yo. It's called I need a job so I can buy more, more auto tune. Oh, um, and he's like shirtless timing. in the woods on the cover. So. I also yeah. wanted to highlight that record. Um, yes. I need a job so I could buy more auto tune. Brand new record from Swamp Dog. Um, check it out. It's like it is a take on the classic auto tuned record, but it's a little bit different. Um, I listened to a little bit of it. Um, and uh, it's classic Swamp Dog. So you check it out, enjoy it. And uh, oh, it came out a week ago. What timing? I didn't realize it came out. Yep. And so, so that's also uh, like a great reason to highlight Swamp Dog because yeah, a seventy-nine-year-old released a brand new album, <laughs> and it's just like it, that's why it's so fun though because it's like he's put he he is an artist that literally made albums his entire career. Yeah. So you could see the arc of it. He's using new technologies. He's mm. like singing with new flavors. It's an yeah. amazing thing to see. It's like he's the Captain Beefheart of soul, maybe. Does that make some kind of sense? Yeah. In in some sort of way. And he's so consistent because, like, yeah. the music is always... It's always good. It's always good. It's always honest. Whatever that means. It's Because some of it is really sad. Some of it is really funny. Some of it is, like, the exact balance of both in the same song. Yeah. And you're like, 
you feel like this guy is one silly motherfucker. Like <laughs> yeah, just he's a real cra- silly yeah. guy. Yeah. He's yeah. he's great. I love I love him. And and I've only been listening to him for uh four ish years now, but um I can't wait to dig into more of his stuff because I have as far as all the albums go, I've only listened to probably half of them because he he does put out an album every like three years for the last fifty years. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swamp Dog, baby. Swamp Dog, the original D O W G. Yeah, check him out. Yeah, soul music, black music in general, American music, just great artists. Yeah, an right American on. hero, Swamp Dog. <laughs> yeah. Also, there. Salute. Uh, um, as a sidebar, what's the Johnny Pemberton podcast? Oh, um, I don't know what Johnny Pemberton's podcast. Uh, I forget what it's called. No. But uh, they, he, there's an episode of him interviewing Swamp Dog. Sure. And, oh, um, really? Mo, Mo, what's his name? Mogstar? Mogstar, yeah. Yeah, so it's Swamp Dog and Mogstar, yeah. And Swamp Dog's sitting there talking about it, and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, everybody who's done me wrong is dead. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Pemberton's like, well, what do, you, what do you mean, though? He's like, well, King Curtis. King Curtis crossed me. And then, like, <laughs> he's like, and then, and then like, I woke up one day, and I found out. And I, I know, he's like, they were like, do you know who died? And I was like, King Curtis. <laughs> it was like right after King Curtis was killed, he wronged me, and then uh, he was just going off about how like he's been wronged and like songs had been stolen and shit like that because he was like working in production and songwriting like as early as like the nineteen, I think it's like sixty four or five or something like that. Like he lived in yeah. Miami and he would, you know, he would fly yeah. to New York for work during the week and stuff like that. And um, there was another song I can't remember the name of the song that he wrote. But somewhere it was stolen by this guy named Mona Lisa okay. that he worked with. And like there was some sort of weirdness that happened where it ended up like this one song being like remade by James Brown. Uh, I think it was I Can't Stand Myself. That song is that's the James Brown. I think so. Yeah. Um, but that was originally based on a Swamp Dog song. And he's like, yeah, he's like, but what the fuck was I going to do? I was going to fucking sue James Brown. He's like, you think I have enough? He's like, I barely have enough money to fucking feed my family. You think I have enough money to pay for lawyers to sue James Brown? He's like, so fuck it, whatever. But it's sad because, yeah, you hear about it and you're like, man, this dude was broke. But he just continued to make music and the it's music is good and he's, it's substance. And, like, you know. It, that is believable that James Brown. Oh, are you Brown... playing I Can't Stand Myself to Yourself? No, it's I only believe that James Brown stole that song because of the subtitle of the song is so Swamp Dog. And I always thought it was a hilarious <laughs> James Brown song. It's I Can't Stand Myself When You Touch Me yeah. is the name of that James Brown song, yeah. which is That's a super Swamp Dog. Swamp dog. Yeah. Yeah. I Can't yeah. Stand Myself When You Touch Me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Because it's it. like it's like I believe love, it. it's a love song and it also becomes ex- explicitly sexual. Right. So... <laughs> If we're like, you uh, seen the cover. He wanted. <laughs> if we're leaving the topic of Swamp Dog, you want to yeah, shout out wasn't a glove, your, your favorite Swamp Dog song from oh, this week that um, we've listened to? Because I think yeah, it's worth it. Song. Let me let me look at my list because uh, I I just like I washed away in the sea of Swamp Dog and I just listened. To, like, <laughs> I listened. I was to sleeping it. with the alligators. <laughs> it, I, it's not ideal gym music because it's not nothing is like bow bow bow. <laughs> But it is it is still great gym music because yeah. it's That's funny. it's excellent. Um, let me see. Well, while you're looking, I, I, I like okay. I like God Bless America for what off of Rat On because that is like a mid seventies Parliament funkadelic type of song about how America is fucked. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, that first song I ever heard still just like. It's like Earth Angel by the Penguins. It's like an, an iconic, eternal song for me. Uh, lonely off of uh, 
Love Lost and Auto Tune. Lonely. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, why did how, why has no pop star taken that chorus and just re? I'm like, oh, why yeah. have not sampled that? Yes, yeah. it's like yeah. dying for like a. It's like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's know. a great tune. You get those hits yeah. in the beginning. Um, right on, Michael. Yeah, do you so have a good. favorite Swim Dog song from uh from this week? At least? Um, I do, and it's actually off of Love Loss and Auto Tune, and I think it's just so much. Uh, it's just so silly and funny and tongue in cheek, man. Sex with your ex is just yeah, so yeah. funny to me. It's just, yeah. it's like he's like, yeah, I can't remember what the actual lyric is, but he's just like, you know, you can have sex with your ex, so you don't, so you don't feel so bad, you know, or like you don't feel so crummy, or like it's like it's like a tacky yeah. kind of lyric like that, and yeah. you're like, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, it reminds me of like that Clarence Carter song that yeah, you right. love, where he's like, bees make, make love, love. yeah, Most toes make-, make love, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody just needs to make a little love. What's that name of that song, Michael? Which one? That Clarence Carter tune. Oh, I, I can't remember. Oh, Stroke It. No, Stroke, stroke, is, the, it. stroke it is his weird 80s hit. Stroke. He's like, I stroke it to the left. Stro- <laughs> you know, he's like, I stroke it to the right. No, I stroke it to the right. I stroke it to the left. I stroke it to the woman that I love best. I be stroking. And he's just like, I'm stroking. I'm stroking. And he's just like, keep it going slow, girl. Make sure you don't go too fast. If that mouth ain't good enough, I'll put it up, y'all. I'm in stroking. <laughs> oh my god, um, how amazing. embarrassing for Michael when that gets clipped out. And yeah, <laughs> we need a clip at my expense. We what's, do. what's your favorite song, Luke? Um, my favorite song was definitely a world beyond uh, apocalyptic mm, songs. Yeah, great. Um, close second. Mama's baby, daddy's, daddy's maybe. maybe, which is about paternity issues and just going. Oh, I don't really care. I don't care if it's someone else's child. Mama's I still love baby, you. daddy's maybe. Yeah. It was and just... he he loved that song so much. He that's on the first album and the third album. <laughs> it's a cry it's, for help. Song. It's, it's, it's one of those songs like, like, didn't love me, man. like you explained when we first listened to it. It's one of those songs that you're listening to and you're like, yeah, this is fine enough. And then you like stop and you're like, wait, what the fuck did what he just is say? Song about? Did he just yeah. say daddy, mama's baby, daddy's baby? Dude, that honestly, because I went into this, I, you know, obviously I went into this pretty blind. You know, I didn't really know yeah. any of the songs. Man, there were moments when I was listening to these songs because I didn't know what to expect and I just literally burst yeah, out and laughed. You're like, what the fuck did he just say? You're like, who has the ball? Who has the balls to sing that into a microphone? <laughs> yeah, man, and it's so it's so funny. Like I, people must have thought I was going crazy because I'm just like, bah! he's like, the best man. Yeah, Swamp Dog, Swamp Dog, get into it, Swamp oh, Dog. Wow. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will uh, do some... highlight some more black artists. Yeah, highlight check some out. more picks. We'll be right back. Bye. Once upon a time in an old spooky town called Philadelphia, there were two comedians obsessed with the paranormal. They decided to shine light on unexplained stories and give a platform to others with equally strange tales. If you love ghosts, vampires, jokes about haunted mushrooms, then Real Chills is the podcast for you. Tune in to hear hosts Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski share theirs and other stories of truly unexplainable occurrences. You can find Real Chills anywhere podcasts are streaming. And if you or someone you know has a story of their own, reach out at realchillspodcast.com. Real spooky, real scary, Real Chills Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. 
Get in the garage. A music podcast. A music music lover. Oh, I, was, I was saying it. Oh. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. <laughs> we um, can you give me your best Ed Sullivan? Oh, I, Ed Sullivan. It's like Richard Nixon, it's, but without being. He's like, okay, uh, yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little Jesse the perfect. Bottom that was a little Book Je- Je- Jesse the Bottom Ventura, though, because Jesse the Bottom he he does this. He has this kind of strange way of talking. Do you have a Ed Sullivan? I do not. <laughs> that's that's tricky. I love impressions, and I know I just can't do them. No, well, I or I think I I think I can do them, but then like how they sound in my own ear, yeah. I think sounds good, but I know out there it does not sound good. Mike's a master. Mike's a master impressionist. Master impressionist. Thank you. Do a uh, uh, Dave Mustaine. Hello, me. <laughs> Thank you. Meet the real. No, me. That, no, we only need three words. <laughs> Oh, okay. you get a little bit finished the phrase. My misfit way of life. Yeah, Hello man. Hello, me. <laughs> Meet the real me. Sweating bullets. Sweating bullets. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can do singing impressions, but I can't do speaking impressions. Yeah. Speaking ones are... What singing one did I do recently that I... Oh. <sighs> one of my favorite. Lane yeah. Staley. Oh, you can... Uh, That's yeah. one that I can do. You gotta do. have a good... I can do that instantly. <laughs> Cause it's just, gr- yeah. You know what you do? You just You're writhe close. in agony. <laughs> you sound like, you sound like Lane Staley. You just close, keep your like, <clears throat> keep your lips close to your teeth, basically. Wow, you're seeing everything. Yeah. I feel like I could do a Buddy Holly hiccup pretty well. Ooh. Yeah. But I don't want to do it at this moment. Come on. It's really loud. I can only do it loud. A hiccup? Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I could like that's like the one thing so I do can it. do. So pull the mic away. I don't want to do it. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. He's a shy guy. He's a shy guy. No, it's okay because he knows I'm gonna clip it. That's why. Anyway, all right, cool. So welcome back. We're gonna we're talking. <laughs> and it would say it would say, buddy Holly fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, the day the music died. Truly, listen, we're in March. Um, <laughs> sorry, that would have been a sensitive comment. R.I.P. to Buddy it Holly. It happened 60 fucking years ago. Our apologies and <laughs> condolences, condolences to the Buddy Holly to estate. The Buddy Holly estate. Uh, I'd like to apologize to the Big Bopper family, as oh. nobody gives a shit about <laughs> the Big Bopper. <laughs> yeah, but the Big Bopper made like fucking novelty songs. That's why nobody cares. Yeah. That's why I would just like, it's so, I mean, so just Swamp an artist. Dog. <laughs> That's true. So Swamp Dog. Um, Bob to your drop. So moving each, on. Yeah, moving on. We each picked three cult classic cult, artists. Yeah, lesser known, yeah. underrated. <clears throat> we're checking out. Kind of in the in the same similar vein as Swamp Dog. The musicians, musicians, yeah. if you will. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Who are For like sure. Yeah. How do we want to do this? Do we wanna each person just hit their three? Yeah, why don't we do that? You wanna lead us off? Sure. Um oh I don't want to lead us off. No. I will lead us Luke off. Luke will lead us off. Because so, yours, are, yours are more similar to each other. Yeah, so I kind of chose like three of kind of like almost the same period. We'll start with uh, my favorite here, Major Lance. Um, mm. Major Lance is from the north side of Chicago. Um, he went to school with Curtis Mayfield and Jerry Butler of The Impressions um, and kind of made friends with them. He was a kind of lesser-known soul singer of the era. Um 
he had uh, hits with, well, his major hit is called Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Crash <laughs> Test Dummies? Befo- way before way the Crash before Test the Dummies, he had a song. There was this kid who... <laughs> but doo-wop. Yeah. yeah, so it's like his chorus is like... And it's got this great horn line. I can hear it now. It's very impressionist. Obviously, Curtis Mayfield wrote the... Uh, helped him write like a bunch of the tunes. Um, so it sounds like Curtis Mayfield, but mm-hmm. it's like way more of the Northern Soul vibe, which was a uh, phenomenon that happened in England where they would take kind of obscure records and each DJ would try to play the best obscure soul song that um, their UK fans had never heard before. And they would go, what song is this? So Major Lance was one of those artists, and after not really receiving the um, kind of the recognition that he deserved in America, he actually ended up going over to the UK where he knew people loved him and started to perform as a club act there Mm. um, and really, really hit it big. Um, His 1972 album, Major Lance Live at the Torch um, in the UK, is like, a soul classic he lays down all of his like 60s hits with other well-known um northern soul classics and he's just like the record he tears down this club with like mid-tempo soul songs Mm. and it's just like it's mind-blowing it's such a good performance um so that's definitely one i wanted to shout out major lance check it out um all your favorite soul and rock and roll artists love him you just don't know it um, I have never heard of this artist. Really? No. Um, no. I believe I heard this song before, but yeah, that I, was that was pretty much it. I so I don't really know if um, I'm gonna say a story that I don't know is super true, but I believe like uh like one of the days I think it was like Mick Jagger met Keith Richards. Um, I believe one of them was holding a Major Lance record, and that's like why uh-huh. they knew, like, oh, you're hip. So. Um, Major Lance is, is very much more of a UK phenomenon than a sure. US one, but uh, definitely check it out. The other hit um, that was somewhat pretty big for him in the US was called The Monkey Time. So um, check that out as well. That one is definitely written by Curtis Mayfield. Um, so that's the first one. The other one I want to shout out um, also has a Curtis Mayfield um, connection to it, and that would be Baby Huey. In the um, So Baby Huey um, was an artist – that was kind of like a psychedelic soul artist. He got signed to Curtis Mayfield's uh, Kurtons label. I can never, I never really know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got signed to that label and released like he passed away in the middle of making this record. Oh. Um, and so there's only one record with like half vocals on it, half are instrumental. Yeah. Um, and it's called Hard Times by Baby uh, Huey and the T on uh, the Babysitters. I've seen the cover. Yes. It's a classic yeah, record I had collector's record. Yeah. At one um, point, I might. That's where I saw it. Yeah. Yes. It's also a giant um, hip-hop sample record. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, hard Times. Yeah. yeah. Big hip-hop samples. Who, uh, oh, I forget who sampled Hard Times. Well, I that can... Hard Times. Like, if you listen to the beginning. Also, those who are listening... That in the beginning, um, definitely you know listen along with us too. So you know, because in other words, you know, 
feel free to pause the podcast and listen to a song oh, that we yeah, might be yeah. talking about. Yeah, I thought you, you meant know. they could hear what we're hearing. No, 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 um, no. Okay. Artists that have sampled have been Ice Cube, Tripod Quest, Ghostface Killer, uh, The Roots. Ghostface Killer was the one I was thinking. Um, so there's definitely um, a ton of people who have sampled it. Um, highlights off this record are the giant, awesome, psychedelic version of Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. Uh-huh. Um Yep. The other one is obviously um, "Hard Times." The like it's the classic Baby Huey song. Um, yeah. It's super funky, hard backbeat, great horns, all that great stuff. Yeah. Um, so the other one, oh, on this record too, is uh, the instrumental "California Dreamin'." That is like super, mm-hmm. just like it's just hyped up, soul yeah. great. Um, yeah. So Baby Huey died of a heroin overdose and. He I'm never sure. got to like re like live out his like stardom, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he lives on as a cult classic artist. And um, so, when did he die? Like he died 70s? 1970. His yeah. soul album was released 70. in 1971, wow. um, and it wasn't even Oof. a finished record. But um, yeah, so Baby Huey kind of just gave this cult icon. It's a record. It this is a record collector's. Like record, mm. like yeah. every record collector that's in the game knows about this record. Um, you've ever you've seen the cover a million times. He's got like a great afro. He was like a three hundred pound dude. Yeah. Um, just he a, looks so somber on the cover. Yes, like um, looks so he sad. looks so sad, right? Well, it's hard times, man. It's hard times being Baby Huey. Yeah. Um, but you know, so don't do the heroin and uh, yeah, stay clean, kids. That's that's the clip that we're gonna put out. Yeah. Stay clean, kids. You drink the booze, you lose. You drink Rump? the booze, you lose. Rumpelstiltskin's a good man. It's a good man. Uh, but, yeah, um, isn't it sad that you know how many how many musicians can you put in that category of people whose lives and career and everything was just yeah taken taken tough, to, man. Yeah, yeah. It's not like um some of the other people who like li- lived long lives, like Major Lance. You yeah. know, li- you know, lived a, had a big career, long yeah. long mm-hmm. life, but Swamp like Dogs one album. Alive. Yeah, one and like a half album, and it's a half album, and it's so good, and it's yeah, and that's the killer because you, yeah, you cause hear you're it just and you're like, like Shit. what? It, you're like, what could have been? Because it's it's yeah. early psychedelic soul mm. in the um style of like uh, Sly and the Family Stone, but it's yeah. it's much more like um aggressively horn heavy and great. Yeah, just hits heavy hits. Where was he from? Because especially music back then, it was like very you know how important it was where you're from and what. Yeah, neighborhood community and all that stuff. Like, what, what was his background? Is um, he a just New York as guy, Major Lance, he is from Chicago. Oh, cool. And um, so that would give him the also the Curtis Mayfield. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that um, Chicago was such a uh, heavy mainstay for um, uh, kind of these cult underground artists, but oh, it yeah. definitely is because um, another artist we talked about on our first video episode a couple weeks ago, uh, Sun Ra, also from Chicago. Sure. So yep. very fascinating. Yeah, people forget it's the third biggest city in America. Mm. It's yeah, a lot of a lot, and it's yeah. being the second city kind of thing, right? right? Like that kind of vibe. It also would then, therefore, it makes sense that it has some of the lesser known mm. artists, even though they're not as, you mm. know, they're not lesser known as their works aren't. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's Baby Huey. Awesome. Nice. You want me to do my last one? Yes, here? please. Yes. Uh, Sil Johnson. Um, so he is a dude also from Chicago. All three of mm. mine are from Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, 
he worked with this label called the Twin Knight label. And if Michael, right behind you, there's a uh, box set right there by the Numero Group. Um, it's number thirteen. I think it's called Twin Knights uh, Lunar Rotation. Um, I thought that was David Ruffin from The Temptations. Oh so this box set here um, highlights the Twin Knight label from Chicago. It was a um, kind of an underground label or an independent label in its day, and it um, had a lot of um, unknown outfit. soul acts that would come through and release like one-offs of the label. Um, the label's main star was Syl Johnson. He um, really released the only hits the label had and was the guy that was keeping it afloat. Um, and he became a, like, underground legend, um, because of hip-hop sampling a lot yeah. of the way that, like, Baby Huey was a mix of, it was his soul record and yeah. hip-hop samples made yeah. him a, you know what I mean, a cult classic, but, um, Syl Johnson, it really is just, like, um, the hip-hop sampling that yeah. hit home. Um, so he grew up next to another person we're going to talk about, uh, today, Magic Sam, um, was his next door neighbor, yep. the guitar player. Um, he also is the artist responsible for the uh, Big Mouth Billy Bass uh, oh. version. <laughs> his of lasting legacy. Take Me to the River. So if you've nice. ever heard Take that. Take Me to the River. Oh, wait, you sing. Take Me to the River. Drop Me in the Water. You got to turn your head. Oh, he did. Ready? One, a five, two, three, four. A five, two, three, four. Oh, no. We're really off. Seven, yeah, I know. ten, eleven, nine. And take me to the river. Drop me in the water. <laughs> um, so wow, that was. What a legacy. Yes. Um, that was released like um, Still later. Still those residuals. Um, he made really the most money he's ever made off of anything he's oh, ever I'm done sure. was the residual from the Big Mouth Billy Bass. It's on. Yeah, everybody yeah. got every that as like a redneck had one in their house. People just bought it ironically. You know? I don't like, it was, I don't like, like every, you. It was, it was for everyone. It I don't like you talking about everyone. my family like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. My apologies <laughs> to the family. We had one too. Um, also, it. it's in that episode of The Sopranos. Um, yeah, well, he gave <laughs> and then he has like the panic attack, right? Or something. Like, it's like yeah, singing out of his to. He has to kill um, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, another spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler oh, it's alert. in an episode of Last Man on Earth too. Is it? They rigged they rig their entire house with big mass Billy, big ba- big mouth Billy Bass. So the so as like an alarm system. So <laughs> e- every inch of the hallway has it. So they walk through the house and you just say, da, 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 da. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh um, man. So uh, that's like later in his career when he was working with the high label and um, Al Green. So he was signed to them later. Um, his main – I'd say like his most important work was done with the Twin Knight label. Um, hip-hop samples galore, uh, Wu-Tang Clan, um, numerous others. Yeah. Um, but check it out. It's like – The Wu. It's more kind of like Hardy, James Brown, but um, not like – not strictly like sold as like first courses. Um, it's more like that kind of thing. It's more just vocal wise. I was stating, but um, it's great music. Um, it, check it out and check out that box set. Um, from the Twin Knight label. It's mm. one of my favorite um things I own. Um, so yeah, definitely check cool, those out. Man. Can you name the your three again, just to wrap it? Yeah, absolutely. We have Major Lance, uh, Baby Huey, and uh, Syl Johnson, and those are all out of the great city of Chicago, and they're 60s and 70s artists. So Very nice. check out those three. Very right nice. on. Um, I'll go next. Sure. So my first pick, to piggyback off of what Luke um, 
you know, Syl Johnson. Um, I'm going to go with Magic Sam as my first pick. Tell us about the Magic. Um, Magic Sam, this is a crazy one, too. This is kind of, this reminds me of kind of the baby Huey story because Magic Sam died at 32 of, like, just this heart attack, just randomly just, you know, just passed away. Um, and there's one just killer album, West Side Soul. There's other stuff. I was listening to... Uh, it was called like Crash Complete was another one. That's like early, early. Uh, he was also on Cobra Records with uh, Otis Rush and Buddy Guy, which is interesting because like when you think of like, you know, cause so he, he did what a lot of uh, people from the South do, like blues musicians from the South do, is like he went, left Mississippi and went to Chicago. Chicago was and, the first place you got. Right. So like it's interesting because you think when you think about like blues in chicago immediately you think of chess records but like cobra was uh, you know what i mean like you don't think about that but like this you know researching magic sam kind of made me hip to the cobra stuff um but yeah if you could listen to any album it's west side soul that was released in hold on one second let me look is that the one where he's got that great wonderful red guitar on the front cover it's like a very striking um yeah image yes it's yeah. an amazing and the cool font up top and yeah, like it's... it's so like atlantic records looking even yeah. though it's not um so what kind of like blues does he play so, uh, 1967 he, he kind of uh, dude honestly man he kind of like he can kind of do everything he's got a gnarly a gnarly boogie that you can watch uh he did like this blues i think it was a blues festival well, that's what I'm kind of asking. In does he Germany, play like boogie blues or does he play slow blues? He, he do, that's what I mean. Like he can, he does all of it. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But and his the, boogies are on. His slow blues are great. Um, he does all of it. The one chord, the four chord, <laughs> and the five chord. Well, <laughs> well like I'm asking because like, uh, like Buddy Guy doesn't do. Buddy Guy's like a certain kind of blues player. He's like Chicago. Yeah. you know what I mean. Up tempo, yeah, yeah. 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 So he he has dancing. a lot of that. He also has like that Otis Rush kind of vibe about him okay. too. You know what I mean? He has that kind of thing, like soul blues. Yeah, yeah, very soul blues. Uh, lots of space. You know what I mean? And one of his signature sounds is the fact that he used the trem almost all the time. Okay, so a bit pop Staples esque, right? Right kind on. Of vibe. Right you know on. what I mean? And he has like this howling sort of voice. It's BB King esque, but it's more gruff. It's got some more hair on it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's uh, you know, grittier. but yeah, a bit grittier. But um. Yeah, absolutely incredible, man. Um, same thing. Like you, you called Luke called me this morning and was like, "Bro, I know you have that magic. I don't have that magic, Sam. I don't have this album. I don't. I thought I did. It's a shame. I have a Muddy Waters record that kind of the cover kind of looks similar. That's why maybe, so maybe I that's you why had you it. thought that I had it. Um, so yeah, Magic Sam, check him out. Definitely a sleeper. Gone too soon. I mean, just you know, it's it's such a bummer. Because like he could have just you know because he would have been one of those ones too like and what's the he probably would still be alive like what's the album name again West Side Soul there's right a deluxe on. edition on Spotify that's like 45 minutes long uh, but there's other stuff too that's worth checking out the Crash Complete uh, recording sessions and then uh, I want to say there's some live stuff that you can find on streaming that's really really good too um, the recording quality isn't you know it isn't ideal. But it's still it's pretty the way cool because like it's it. like a historical, yeah, it's like a historical moment. Because because he died so early on, you know, there's the magic of Magic Sam, Magic Sam's greatest hits, Chicago, you know, Chicago blues guitarist Magic Sam. But they're all just comps of like, you yeah, know, the like same record, yeah, it's like all that kind of stuff. Um, but West Side Soul is the one if you're gonna listen to like the one. Hmm. Um, so then, 
Let's move on. I also, my next pick is a Miss Mavis Staples. I was trying to find the record behind you, but uh, I can't. But we should have put it up. I have it. You have it? Yeah, it's somewhere. But what are we going to do? Which one? I have um, the classic Swing Low um, Staples Singers record. I also have a their second record on stacks, which I cannot remember the name of at the moment. But yeah, big Staples Swingers fan, big uh, Mavis Staples fan. Yeah. Uh, Big fan of her work with Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. tell us about Mavis. Uh, well, so one of the albums that I listen because because like when you listen to the Staples Singers, like yes, it's an ensemble, it's a group, but yes. like don't get it twisted. Mavis Staples is like the star of the show. It's Mavis Staples and Pop Staples. If you're talking about the Staples Singers, those yeah. are the, always the two constants in the group. Yeah, and the only two that like you really matter. Mavis is always pretty much on lead vocals and Pop Staples, classic trem guitar. Yeah, um, and there's a great comp. Um, that's on streaming. It's just called the very best of the staple singers. It's like them with like palm leaves, like covering them in the front. You know, we usually talk about like albums and stuff, but staple singers, they have just so much stuff that I, that this is a group that I can kind of rock with like a compilation of like greatest hits and stuff and just, you know, be pretty satisfied with it, you know? Yeah. Um, so like if you're talking Mavis Staples and staple singers, you kind of have the, you have two like things you have or kind of like three if you're talking mavis you have uh the early um gospel stuff yep that is uh late 50s early 60s then they have uh their stacks period which is soul influenced and stacks you know that all all that 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 entails and then uh she has like a late career renaissance where uh jeff tweedy from uh wilco writes songs with her and uh it's uh you know kind of low-key and well done produced and yeah definitely worth checking out yeah was she on the Summer of Soul documentary? Yes, she yeah. was. She was the uh, available now on Disney Plus and Hulu, Hulu, yeah, and illegal pirate websites. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor us, Questlove. Sponsor us. Sponsor yeah. us, pirate. Oh, websites. I forgot the rap snacks. Yeah, I forgot you did. the rap snacks. We had rap snacks. I didn't I crack into them. I I'm afraid to eat those things, man. You read the ingredients on the back of that. Preserve, it's preservatives of preservatives. It's pretty scary. But I got a bag of Cardi B barbecue Listen, chips from Master Phil. P Cardi barbecue. Cardi barbecue. Cardi B barbecue. Car barbecue. Car barbecue. Garage. Um. All right. And my last pick after Mavis, uh, just to. Wrap my list up is uh, Joe Tex. I think you have. I have a you Joe, have a Joe Tex, Tex up. It's not behind you though. I only grabbed my picks, kind of. I didn't really grab your picks. Because <laughs> fuck you and I fuck had Joe your Tex. picks, but I didn't really. I grabbed like Curtis Mayfield and the Twin Knight and the impressions over there. But yeah, I have an album that um, it's just what is it called? Country. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called Soul Country. Soul Country. That's what it is. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe Tex. Yep. Yeah, it's um on streaming it's only available as a double album with li- uh live and lively or live and lively, live and lively. Garagely. Um, Garagely. Uh Soul Country. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, it's the two albums kind of mixed onto one for the sake of streaming and it labels what, you know, which one is Soul Country. But that was a record that you gave me. He was an Atlantic artist, I think. Yep. Um and you're like, "Hey, just check this out. Give it a listen." And um and it's great. It's it it if you listen to Swamp Dog, you can listen to Joe Tex. If you listen to Joe Tex, definitely can, you can go listen to Swamp Dog because it is it's R and B country soul. Like that's the whole vibe of this um, one highlighted uh, album that I really love. 
So um, if you're gonna cough, leave the room. It wasn't. I didn't cough. I hiccuped. <laughs> this polar. Oh, uh, that's when we do the Buddy Holly hiccup. Do it, Luke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a goofy hiccup. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we talking about the same guy. Um, so yeah, just I mean, just great. Um, he was. Uh, where is it? Yes. I assume he's from Texas. He is from Texas. Okay. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. Yeah. So like. Joe Tex was like kind of like the like he did this album that a lot of like it's in a lot of country collections if I'm like going through stuff it's like usually the only soul record in there um like it's his biggest album and um it's takes on like modern country hits um uh and it's just done like soul cover versions of it so it's like that original kind of style of doing that um I believe uh what is that giant song that I can um Bobby Gentry uh I can't think of it but um he does a lot of like classic country tunes on there and it's really great and um it's a great version of like the Swamp Dog country soul in its original form so yeah. I definitely would check it out and um it's hmm. also like in a lot of ways that um black artists were influenced by um country music mm-hmm. it's like a perfect melding of it and a record that's pretty easy to find but not greatly appreciated so yeah, and he was like somebody who came up kind of in like, you know, the way that a lot of like young black artists at the time kind of came up where it was like he sang in the church, he sang in a Pentecostal church, he fucking he hustled, he he like did a bunch of talent shows and took all the money winnings and traveled up to New York City. You know, he was in like an amateur show at the Apollo caught the eye of uh yeah henry glover and he was offered a record contract with king records when he was 19 years old you know so it's pretty wild man like he king records also the record label of a mr james brown right yeah and from what i had seen too he he had a bit of a rivalry with uh with james with james himself with james himself i can stand myself (laughs) ow ow fuck you joe tex I don't know if that was appropriate. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> you did black scent, my friend. Oh, come on. It's a, an impre- We just talked about how I do good yeah, impressions. That's, a, that's impressions. That's not. That's impressions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Joe Tex, love it. Give him a listen. Uh, if anything, just check out the, um, uh, what do you call it? The Soul Country album. Soul Country. Yeah, very good. Jeffrey, onto your list. Um, so mine are... Um, a couple are more contemporary artists that I just want to highlight because they are like the musicians, musicians, but they could always use more exposure. The first is D'Angelo, who is a soul artist, um, been making albums since 1995. He is, he's only made three studio albums. He put out uh, Brown Sugar in 1995, Voodoo in 2000, and then in 2014 put out Black Messiah. Um, so very sparse, very few songs in the discography, um, a very particular artist who wants like the perfect thing on his records. Yeah. He had that 14 year gap between the second, and third albums because of life issues and stubs and stuff and kind of like hating being famous because he broke really big when the second album came out. Um, he is someone that like he's only made so 50 or less songs but i don't think most people have listened to his music and he uh he's incredible he's like the guy in my opinion of the 21st century when it comes to soul music 
because he mixes some Prince stuff with some James Brown type stuff um, with some like Temptations Motown type stuff and puts it in a pot and makes it his own and makes it very new and fresh. He works with like only the best people. Um, Amir Questlove Thompson on drums, uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest did uh, drum programming on his first album, Pino Palladino on bass, Charlie Hunter on guitar and bass, uh, Raphael Sadiq on guitar and bass, Spanky Alford on guitar, Isaiah Sharkey on guitar, Roy Hargrove on horns. Uh, he is just like, he's a beautiful singer, beautiful songwriter, uh, multi-instrumentalist. He plays um, pretty much every instrument. Uh, some tracks on his albums, he is playing every instrument. Um, and he had a big hit in 2000 off of Voodoo. Uh, one of my favorite songs, like, really honestly, if I had to choose, like, favorite song ever, like, a song to play on a loop for the rest of time, it might be this song. And it's uh, Untitled, How Does It Feel, which was a huge hit. R&B song, iconic music video, which is, like, just a close-up camera shot of him naked and it's like his yeah. face and then it scans down and winds out to his body and he's just like slowly spinning while he sings. Um, but like a lot of female artists experienced in that time, late nine, well, the, since the dawn of time up until a year <laughs> yeah. ago, up until the present time. Actually, um, it's uh, the whole theme of kind of last week's episode yeah, that we yeah, talked about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, uh, he was ripped six pack, like looked like a god and he became a sex symbol and he just wanted to be a really badass musician. He yeah. didn't he didn't want to be on stage having bras thrown at him and shit like that. Um so he retreated from the spotlight. He dealt with drug and food addiction and obesity and substance abuse and family issues, but uh he came back in 2014 and made that third album which is like it's just it's like almost it has the kind of um the Curtis Mayfield, like social awareness and justice stuff. Mm. It has very deep emotional love songs. Um, it's such, his music is so nuanced. It's so rich and deep. And like he's made three albums, but people like quest love will talk about him endlessly. Mm. And you could talk about like a song of his for hours because there's so many layers. There's so much specificity 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 um and he's just like he doesn't get his due like i'm not to put you on the spot or call you out or anything but i'm sure you guys haven't listened to the three albums i've listened to the we li well we did talk about one for an episode I've listened we talked to... about black messiah for one episode yeah, right at some point right that I've might have been during the like the quarantine episode i've never listened to the first that. yeah but yeah i did yeah i've 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 hopped around, sure, sure, but I definitely have not yeah. gone full full bore. But everything I list, I've listened to is yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But he has three albums. So D'Angelo puts out music so infrequently, but like he has two and a half hours of music ever. Yeah. Um. So please give him give him a listen. Uh. At this rate, you know he's he's not even fifty yet, but uh, he might release the next album. In fucking. <laughs> I don't think I don't Eight think he's more gonna release years. Like, like he might wait until he's sixty years old to put out another album. Like I don't know, I it's, hope not. It's kind of like um, uh, like the To Kill a Mockingbird thing. It's kind of like you don't. I don't think he like needs to because like I no, mean the, the no. first like the the two I've listened to are so yeah. like completely filling. You're like, yeah, it's this you you knocked it out of the park. Two classic records. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So so uh, 
let's hope he puts out some more because the three I love to death, but I love them so much. All I want is more. Um, so D'Angelo, uh, my next artist is another contemporary artist who I just think needs uh, more play. And that's Esperanza Spalding, who is a jazz singer and bass player and songwriter uh, who famously won the best new artist Grammy over Justin Bieber. And then like her whole life on the internet got ruined by 12 year old girls who were furious that Justin Bieber didn't win the Grammy. So uh, she Whoa. had to like, she had to like persevere through this like internet barrage of hate. Uh, what, whenever that was, that would have been baby, baby, baby. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been, been almost like 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she had, she's a beautiful singer, uh, excellent bass player. And it's like, if you like the jazzier, folky Joni Mitchell stuff mixed with like kind of a Nora Jones sensibility at times, but also like she is jazzier than both of those artists because she is yeah a jazz bass player first and foremost, an upright bassist. Bass um, jazz, really. Bass jazz, bass really. Jazz. <laughs> um, but she's, especially a couple of her most recent albums are just really phenomenal. And those albums are Emily's D-Evolution, D from 2016, um, 12 Little Spells from 2018, which is like a song cycle of like kind of like a yoga, yogic practice of each song is about a different part of the body. Mm. And it's like themes about life and love and loss and humanity. And it's focusing on like the mouth or the hips. Like the hips song is about dancing and moving, you know, like yeah. it's really, really, really phenomenal. Um, and then she put an album, an album last year, Songwrites Apothecary Lab. Um, but just excellent, excellent. She's uh, she's like in her late 30s, and uh, she's hip as shit, man. She's like very down with the women empowerment and black empowerment and like desexualizing female um, body. And uh, she is a badass, and she's just a excellent excellent musician excellent esperanza spalding esperanza spalding um and then my third pick i was thinking like i love solo artists but also like i we all love bands so i was thinking like who's a great unheralded band of primarily black people and you know i thought about parliament i thought about funkadelic i thought about some of the people i'm like no people know those the band i want to highlight is a band from cincinnati ohio uh, electro funk band from the early eighties <laughs> and early nineties called Zap with two P's. Zap. Zap. Um Zap was fronted by a singer, songwriter, keyboard player named Roger Troutman. And Zap consisted of Roger and three of his brothers and then uh, a collection of five to seven other people at various times. And their music is like exactly bridging between parliament funkadelic and prince mm. and it's that era too it's 19 their big big era was like 1980 to 1986 but uh roger played the talk box keyboard yeah. through like a mini moog and uh famously you can hear him he is the voice on california love by yeah. tupac and dr dre <laughs> um so that crazy effect you hear or like the casey and jojo keyboard vocal things that you hear in the late 90s like roger troutman was doing that shit in 1980 yeah using a custom made for him for him 
by Electroharmonics called the Golden Throat. It was a effect <laughs> effects processor because he heard like Peter Frampton and the guys of the early or mid late seventies using the talk box for guitar. Yeah. And he's like, Why can't I do that on keyboard? So he had Electroharmonics make him a custom golden throat uh processor. And there's YouTube videos of him in those times, the early 80s, like on talk shows, demonstrating it and being like, welcome to the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. it's it's great. Um, and their music is just, it's dance, fun, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's grooving dance, funk music. There is real singing, too. He's a real singer, and the other people in the band really sing too a lot of that funkadelic kind of gang vocals where you got like three people singing the same thing but that keyboard vocals it's like like, it's crazy it's the best of like the 80s sound before the 80s it's like right the dawn it's it's right the dawn of the 80s and everything you think of as 80s music afterwards is like derivative of this of this kind of stuff like the drum machines like yeah. the the ba- the keyboard bends, yeah. the yeah. the and everything run through keyboard kind of style, and uh, they were so from Cincinnati, Ohio, and they had ties to the Collins brothers, Bootsy Collins and Catfish Collins, because yep. they grew up in Cincinnati. So when they would like come back home, they would go to the local scene and see who's playing, and they saw this other group of brothers, um, and they're like, "Yo, we gotta get these on. These guys are rocking." So they actually. Got them signed. Bootsy Collins helped produce that first Zap record. Um, so you didn't think I, I wouldn't think Cincinnati, Ohio, as like a hotbed of funk music, but like <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely was. was. Yeah. Um, and you know they had that look, like not the Prince like frilly lacing, but more of like how the time like Prince's side thing yes. was, where it's like guys yes. in everyone's in matching like sharp suits yeah and like everybody's doing like the like coordinate dance moves and like everyone somehow is playing a keyboard in the <laughs> band like I, um it's super 80s but yeah. like it has like a modern it like almost like it like it this, sounds kind of current right it's like because this kind of music is coming back into uh style and yeah. it's like fashionable again to yeah. like and it, these are like great big hooky mm. like verses and choruses yeah. it's so melodic yeah. Um, quick story about Zap. Please. This, uh, this Zap 2 was a cassette that was just like always floating around in my house. Yeah. And for some reason lived in my room as a child, like a young child. It was always there. And I realized it was like, must have been my uncle's now. Um, my uncle was like just, you know, a very gay man mm-hmm. and, uh, was the only one who in my household who would have been ever listening to anything remotely like this music. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I really only say this too because there was like no, there's like little to no black artists like in mm-hmm. um, you know my family's music collection, sure. and like this is just so out there and obscure. I remember huh. when I got a cassette player and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I have a cassette. Like you were a little kid, <laughs> you first start to get things like that, like, yeah. and you just had anything. So yeah, whatever yeah. you had, you pl- do whatever you had. So I put the cassette in. And it's like, and I was just like, never had heard anything like that and instantly went, I don't think this is for me. Cut scene to Luke. Just Love is a burning flame. Yeah, that's more like it. Yeah, and it just, I remember it completely blowing my mind to the point where I was like, this sounds alien. And I was like, 
it yeah. almost made me like un- uncomfortable. It's like because yeah. I was really little, and then I like put it away and never thought about it mm-hmm. again. Um, and then this cassette is still rolling around in my life somewhere. It's either at your house, Mike, or my house in the pile of of cassettes that we own yeah, somewhere. It's somewhere. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just like one of those moments where like I first heard black music and I was like, oh my. Gosh, I was like, this is way different than, but yeah. Yeah. you don't realize what it is at that mm. moment, but you're like, oh, wow, you know? Yeah. And uh, Zap. Zap. Yeah, and it's uh, the the song, I think, maybe not the first one I heard by Zap, but the first one that really stuck with me is uh, they did a cover of one of my favorite songs. Um, the song called If I uh, I Only Have Eyes for You, it's mm. a doo wop song where it's like, she would rap. Dun, 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 By the flamingos, shoot up, dun, dun, dun. Mm. and it's uh, I only have eyes for. Oh you. yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. I am right. It is the. Flamingos. They do a cover of that from their fourth album, like '86. Huh. So you gotta check that gotta out, check man. That out. Oh yeah. my I god, love I love that song because it's all those chromatic, cool like the chord motions. Yeah, but it's thinking about but it. it's with three part vocoder keyboard harmonies. It's fucking insane. It's yeah. so good sounding, and uh, and the other thing I heard by Zap or I heard of Zap was um, there's a a contemporary group I really enjoy called Chromio, okay. which is a electro funk duo from Canada. Um, it's a Jewish guy and uh, an Arab guy, and so a very strange partnership. But they make music that's all influenced by Zap because one the one guy sings and plays guitar and bass, the other guy does only the vocoder keyboard stuff. And they would talk about Zap in interviews and stuff. And I'm like, I've never heard of this Zap group. And then I play it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what Chromio is like going for. Yeah, is this like kind of sung, kind of processed vocals with just like fat keyboards, and it's just dance music, and it's poppy, and it's fun. And this yeah. also doesn't sound um, that much different than another kind of underground artist, uh, Thundercat, right? Oh, yeah. like, Thundercat's like jazzy, jazzier, fusion, way jazzier, but, but in the way yeah. of like the vocoder vocal yeah. kind of style. Yeah, yeah, that's experimentation. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I definitely get that vibe. Yeah. Uh, this cover, I have it playing in my headphones of I Only Have Eyes For You by Zap. Please check this out. Please. It is. It, this sounds like it came out today. Oh, yeah, yeah. This sounds modern, yeah. and it's, yeah. old, it's old as dirt. It came it's out like 35 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's 35 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a completely modern yeah, tune. Yeah, we'll play it after the show. It yeah, is, I'll have to listen to it. It is amazing. Yeah. Right. Well, check uh, this out, guys. So check out Zap. Um, oh, and, and sorry to end on a bummer, but Zap like existed until through the 90s even though their height was in the early 80s. But they might kind of exist in like a tribute or like the whoever's left. But uh, Roger Troutman, the the front man, got killed. It was a murder-suicide by his brother who was also in the band. Oh, my god! In the late 90s. Wow. So they like both died when they were like maybe late 40s or... Jesus. So sorry to end on that sad note. This needs a Netflix documentary. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm just really happy that I'm not the one ending out on the side note for once. Oh, I have a happy note we can end on. I, I had something I wanted to get on the shout. dance floor. Get Damn. on the dance floor. Computer love. Computer love. I can't wait for that Netflix doc, though. That'll be a yeah. good one. Uh, on a happier note, I want to just shout out before we leave. Uh, my One of my favorite bands, Jeff the Brotherhood, released a new album. It's called Ye Old. So as in <laughs> Ye Old, Jeff the Brotherhood. Um, it's 
a instrumental record, okay. um, Japanese influence. Sounds a lot like the band Can, um, Krautrocky. Um, it is beautiful and amazing. And uh, please check out the new Jeff Brotherhood record, Ye Old. Can I ye give old. another shout out? Please. Since we should always end on stuff to check out. Uh, speaking about Ye Old, an, an album that's new to me, I think it's from the late 90s, called Ye Old Space Band. By the Moog Cookbook. Okay. <laughs> it's a duo of guys remaking all classic rock songs. It's like 12 songs, like Hotel California and Rock and Roll All Night and uh, Ain't Talk About Love, all with Moog synthesizers. <laughs> all right. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal. The other day at Trivia, I played the original song, and then I played their cover right directly after it. And after like the fourth time I did it, you could just see every head in the room like, what the fuck is going on? Why does this guy keep playing the weird keyboard remixes of these songs? And they are so good. So good. So check that out. Mo Cookbook, Ye Old Space Band is the album. Right on. Well, once again, don't forget to like and subscribe and comment and tell us your thoughts. And if we've expressed any opinions uh, on this episode, talk to us about it in the comments. You know, let's have support some black let's music, black artists. Yeah. Yep. American music is black music. Yeah. Wake up. That's what it is. (laughs) All right. Um, Yes. Instagram, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Guys. Yeah, we're on on Instagram. The boys are back. The boys are back. (laughs) Until next time. We'll be at Johnny's Bar and Grill. We'll be at Johnny's Bar and Grill. Blood will spill. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.